This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm a publicist. I'm Linda. I'm a writer and editor. This is Drink, 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 a grammar show. I'm not drinking problem. Woo! woo. Um, no one can see me dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just staring at you. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm dancing. Hey, dance. Yeah. How it goes. Thanks. Get all psyched up for listening, guys. We've got a great episode for you today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Have a little faith, Lynn. All right, fine. It's going to be great. Great, grand, wonderful. I have an article pulled up. Good for you. Thank you. And that's (laughs) all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) She reads. Don't worry. Uh, This is from our old pals in Merriam-Webster. Oh, my God. (laughs) About a fave term of yours. Okay, mine and or listeners, uh, both. Okay, it's doggo. Ah, uh, doggo. D o g g o. Um, we talked about this a while this summer. Ago. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Yeah. Um, you like doggos, right? I love dogs. What about doggos? I mean, like the terms, <laughs> <laughs> the language. Yeah, doggo pupper. Yeah, like I've never gotten into dog language. I'm also not a dog owner. Um, mm, okay. Like our family dog is the dog I'm thinking of. I grew up with dogs, yes. but I don't currently have one in my home. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we're thinking of fostering. Oh, cute. Yeah. Okay. So if you've ever like, you know, gone online, you might have seen pictures of dogs with captions that are like, oh, look at this doggo, sweet doggo you know it's majestic doggo majestic that's the one i'm looking at right now oh my god um, what's the dog do you know does it come along with the picture yeah i don't know dog types it has Let's hair see. it has hair ah <laughs> uh, i think that might be a golden retriever okay and it's looking at a sunset and it's from the account we rate dogs which is mm-hmm. prolific doggo account and they tweet pictures of dogs and they always rate them. But the joke is the dog can never get lower than like an 11 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Although so. they're, I mean, I am definitely much more objective than that because I don't love all dogs. Well, I don't like all dog breeds. Geez. I don't think they're all cute. Jeez, jeez, jeez. She's yeah. really making enemies here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's like a language among people who like love dogs. Yes. Yeah. So... Merriam-Webster, of course, has noticed this because they smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are figuring out, they figured out where doggo has its origins. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's from late 19th century slang. Oh, man. It meant, so people would say lie doggo, and it meant to stay hidden or keep secret to fly under the radar. Um, huh. The f- phrase was popularized. <laughs> Okay. By Rudyard Kipling, who used it in several of his stories. Um, but why doggo? We can only speculate. Perhaps the phrase was meant was meant to evoke the light sleep of dogs. What we do know is that the word itself does go back to dog, and is probably the word dog with the noun suffix o, meaning one that is. Okay. Well, that's stupid. Dog. Yeah. Okay. Lie Doggo has a long life. It gained popularity in serial fiction. People would say Lie Doggo, you know, you gotta, you gotta Lie Doggo, Lynn, like. Keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. 
Stop being all out there. Okay. <laughs> calm down. Is it like calm down or is it keep no, it secret? It's, keep it secret. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lie, stay under the radar. Okay. okay. But Doggo by itself um, began appearing in print occasionally as the name of a dog. Oh, how clever. Or a dog like object. Mm hmm. Um, and obviously, they say it's clearly catchy. It showed up in the 30s as the name of a dog repellent for gardens. Which Weird. That sounds... seems like the opposite of what like current dog, doggo speakers. Doggo. doggo. Oh, like, um, do oh. Go doggo. Remember that book? Yeah. Oh, I used to love that book. Um, that seems like a really mean thing, a dog repellent for gardens. I bet it's yeah. illegal in these days. I bet it would, too. Um, and in 1977, Mary Tyler Moore's new sitcom, We've Got Each Other, was deemed El Doggo, or pretty bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's mean. Um, but by the turn of this millennium, the mm -hmm. phrase lie doggo lost much of its ground. Like, we don't really know what that means anymore. Um, it did pop up occasionally, but uh, just doggo by itself started showing up more and more and but the occurrence of doggo has not increased in print it's remained fairly stable for 50 years it's just that lie doggo went away so much that now we just notice doggo more oh uh, okay you know what i'm saying yeah um and now it's a casual casual and occasional God, yeah i'm having problems guys casual occasional word for dog until 2016, when it became popular as part of the standard vocabulary of one of Twitter's best-loved accounts, We Rate Dogs. Doggo saw a meteoric rise in use in 2017. Continues its upward trajectory as the nation turns its lonely eyes to dog pictures Aww. for comfort. Thank God we have them. Oh, God bless doggos. Here's the thing, though. and Gotta get through any way you can. You know, I was like kind of nervous when you were saying that you didn't like all dogs because people get like really upset I know I would that. never come out with exactly what I don't like um, <laughs> I like, cannot I can say whatever I want about the president on Twitter and like all this other stuff I'm not scared but I will not talk about people's dogs <laughs> I know but I've recently started to, to try and get a little bit braver about this because I don't love dogs <laughs> Morgan hates dogs and it's not I don't know like why can't I just not be a dog person. It's like so fucking offensive to people. But any of them can go around and be like, oh, I hate cats. Cats are disgusting. They're so gross. They're so rude. They're I so, do think it's like, weird that people hate cats too. Like, I am not a cat person necessarily, yeah, but, but I don't that's hate your cats. Rights. And I mean, but I also think it's like weird that people hate dogs too. So it's like, I don't yeah. know why you even have to pick. Like, you know what I really don't understand? I actually understand better people who like kind of don't like animals. Yeah. Two of my good friends both don't like animals animals of any sort so it's kind of like okay like i i get that yeah but people they're who, psycho sociopath killers well, they, so the same thing they don't tell people yeah. like i know because i have been friends with them for like yeah. decades but yeah. otherwise i wouldn't yeah. know because they are like like you nervous to mm -hmm, say it because mm -hmm. people will think that they are like should be committed yeah. so well not liking animals is like a scary like sign you know <laughs> <laughs> but like i really don't understand though people who are like i love dogs they are my everything they are so much but i hate cats and vice versa i don't understand yeah. people who like love cats with everything but also hate dogs i'm like it's very weird they're like the same kind like i know they're not the same yada yeah. yada don't come at me but like <laughs> 
they are still animals that live in your home and that you cuddle with. Yeah. And well, my point is, well, I don't really... You're like not like dogs. a dog person. Like, I just don't, I don't want to yeah. be around them. It doesn't like bring me any sense of joy or comfort, mm-hmm. really. Um, I don't like care if you have one or bring it around. It's not just like, I don't crave to have one around me. Right. Um, but I freaking love looking at pictures of cute dogs. Like, who yeah. doesn't? Like, there's got to be something wrong with you if you can't scroll through We Rate Dogs and just make your heart filled with so much joy like this puppy's licking its own tongue and it's sitting on a skateboard oh my god come on guys i passed two beagles on my way to your house tonight that is like my that's your dream dog it's my shooting star to see two beagles together (laughs) one was a lemon beagle which is only two colors brown light brown and white and the other one was like the tricolor and it was amazing they were both fantastic it really brought light into my life. Yeah. And I'm okay with a lot now that I wasn't okay with just a short time ago. I'm really happy for you. And I just had a thought. Remember yeah. when it was like acceptable and normal to collect photographs of babies like inside fruit or like dressed like flowers like in Ann Getty style? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like you could have like a baby calendar of like no babies you knew. <laughs> Yeah. And you could put like a poster of like a baby swaddled in a cocoon. Yeah, and it like wasn't weird, but now I would like. So that's call the obviously weird. But the same <laughs> way, like babies are objectionably cute, especially if they're like smooshed into funny positions. Mm-hmm. Um, dogs are cute. Dogs are cute. So it is what it is. Get over it, everybody. I don't know why I just went to that weird place. I know. I thought we were gonna have a much lighter topic than that, but I mean, this is a light topic. But I didn't know we were getting as like psychologically in depth. That's what we are. Well, you know me. I know. I'm deep. <laughs> deep in the doggos. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Cut that out, Brian. <laughs> you know the publication Ink? Ink dot. Ink period. Yeah, did I ever tell you about one of my interns? Or not? I don't even know if I worked with her, but... She had to look, look up contacts at Inc. and she like couldn't find them because she was looking for I N K. Oh no, I don't think you were doing that. Yeah, that's okay. funny. Sad day. Um, when I first started working, so this was a really long time ago. Um, someone told me to go to YouTube, and like I was also just out of college, and like I don't know, I wasn't a nerd. Like I didn't like watch videos on YouTube when I was in college, <laughs> and I, I also think it was a like, kind of a newish thing. And he was like, "Go to so YouTube old. real quick." <laughs> And I like opened up a t- like my browser and I was like, shit. I was like, all right, probably you would put in like Y-O-U-T-U-B-E. And that seems obvious, but since this is like the internet, I bet <laughs> it's spelled just the letter U and tube. And so that's what I started putting oh, in because no. I didn't want to be like, I don't know what it is. So yeah. I was just like taking a gamble. And he was like, have you never been on YouTube no. before? I was like, no, I don't know what it is. I thought you were going to be like, so I got up out of my chair, grabbed my bag. <laughs> and I quit. And I know I walked out and I was like, does anybody know where YouTube is? <laughs> I was told to go there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Inc. Uh, <laughs> Allison Davis, who's the founder and CEO of Davison Company, which is a, like a communications company, mm-hmm. um, wrote an article for Inc., titled how to write like a seventh grader and why it's important to do so Mm -hmm. 
So basically, as you know, seventh graders, they be emoji in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Just kidding. I don't know what seventh graders do. Oh, God. I don't know either except cross the street if I see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw hot coffee on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay. So she was talking about, like, having a conversation with a colleague of hers and how the person, like, used a term, but she didn't really know, and she had to, like, Google it, and she was like, Ugh, I have a reasonably high IQ, but this was indecipherable. Unfortunately, the article... Oh, I guess her colleague that wrote it went on like this for several hundred words and other source material on the topic was all the same style of rhetoric, buzzword, blah, blah, blah. Just a bunch of gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. This reminded me of advice I've long given to anyone who wants to communicate effectively, right? Like a seventh grader. Mm. That means you have to get over yourself. Yeah. I don't care. Whether or not you went to college, and if you did, whether you attended an Ivy League university, graduated... I do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She doesn't care how smart you are. (laughs) I was just going to say something that didn't make any sense, so that was why I had that long pause. Obviously. Nikki! (laughs) As usual. (laughs) You need to leave all your impressive education and credentials aside and communicate at no higher than a seventh grade reading level. What does that mean? You have to use simple words and short sentences. And to make your communication even more accessible, make sure your tone is friendly, your structure is clear, and your writing is constructed so the audience doesn't have to work to get through the communication or think too hard about what it means. Amen. Thank you, Allison. Yeah, people, yeah, tried too hard to sound smart. And it just... It's like you're not... and Makes everybody dumber. Yeah. She's like in communication. So what she's talking about is writing an article, writing a press release, writing, you know, Mm -hmm. a piece of communication, writing for social media, writing um, for all these things that people do throughout the day. They read a thousand things online. They read a thousand things on Twitter or whatever. And you just have to be super clear because, as she says, your audience members are busy, distracted, time-pressed, and cranky. They need a lower i.e. simpler reading level than ever before. That It's not that people don't know what words mean or can't comprehend complex sentence construction. It's that they don't want to. <laughs> They'd love for you to make life easy for them. And if you do, the more likely they're going to pay attention. If you don't, they're out of here. Um, so it was, oh, she said that means a seventh grade level, not a marking period more. Um, I remember, like, one time we put our press releases at the company you and I used to work for, and we put our press releases through some sort of, like, online assessment tool or whatever. Yeah. And it said that our press releases were written at, like, a postgraduate level. What? Which I thought was crazy because, yeah. <laughs> like, that wasn't, that yeah. definitely wasn't the intention. Yeah. But, like, I think the point of whatever this, like, tool was that we were using was, like, you should be writing. Yeah, for morons. For... <laughs> In a much simpler way. Like, and I think our problem was probably like that we had like a lot of compound sentences and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, and like probably it was like a history press release or something like about U.S. history or something. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was partially it too. But yeah, like I was, 
amening this article when I was reading it because I was just like, yes, people write to like show off or to like make things as complicated as they can be for whatever reason. And I don't always think it's showing off. I just think they don't put in enough time. It's actually harder to like simplify simplify something than it is to make it as complicated as you know it is because you like know it like the back of your hand. But like you have to make it simple for people who maybe don't Mm -hmm. like you know, aren't thinking of it the way you are, whatever. Pretend like you're texting a seventh grader. Yes. Be like, what up? OMG. OMG, LOL. This thing launched. (laughs) OMG, did you see the new company news? (laughs) Emoji with surprise face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, I was. I wanted to say something about stock prices being up, but I don't know like emojis and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> or like not, or I just don't know what they're called. Like <laughs> smiley face, stock is up. <laughs> really stock good. is thumbs up. Oh, the thumbs up. Yeah, the, I mean, there's also arrows. Arrows. <laughs> wow. Oh my god! If there's any seventh graders out here listening to this that want to help us, I'm all ears. I won't throw coffee on you. (laughs) Just this once. Yeah, just this one time. Also because I'm on house arrest for throwing coffee on kids. (laughs) These common email mistakes are ruining your credibility. What? (laughs) Forget it. You're done already. Your credibility has been boosted for a while. True. Sorry. It was a big burp. <laughs> Thanks for letting our audience know. I love that you hid it from them and then just said it. I didn't want to do it in their ear, but then I... Oh, that would be so gross. Didn't want them to wonder what I... I wasn't talking to them. Like, what just happened for that 1.25 second pause? Uh, okay, this is from Fast Company. <laughs> it's about common email mistakes that are ruining your credibility. Okay, so... Is it like in all caps or something? Is that what you're saying it that way? No, it's just... It's very... um. They have like a bold font. It's just dramatic. Yeah. That's a dramatic title. Yeah. Like, okay. really? Is my credibility being ruined by my email mistakes? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, these common errors can sabotage your own credibility <laughs> around the office. Here are seven of the most destructive email mistakes. <laughs> so now you can avoid them. Mistake number one. A subject line that the thread has outgrown. Yes. Few things are more misleading than a new thought living under an old subject line. When your subject line is re, 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 Tuesday, question mark. Yeah. Your recipient isn't going to know that you've hit upon a breakthrough marketing idea. Um, So they say, just amend it to reflect what you're now writing about. You know, you can change it to be like, instead of reply, reply, reply Tuesday, you could say like new marketing idea to engage millennials, which is like such a stupid <laughs> example. Um, Have you ever had someone like reply to a really old email? So it's like yes. basically they went through their email to like find yes. your email address or something, and then reply like instead of just like copying your email address, yeah. like replied to a super old email, and it's like that was lazy, so annoying. Well, see, I that happens to me all the time, and I think this is different because this this is not like internal communications. It's this this is like. When I'm talking to journalists, a lot of times I'll never start a new email because they won't respond 
to the new email. Oh, they want to see the re. Because they're just too busy and swamped. And so when they see it comes up, they're like, oh, yeah, like sometimes like I'll be responding to somebody in August about like a headline that's like about Valentine's Day because that was the first time they responded to me. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then, like, we'll have a back and forth until I finally get, like, what I need out of them. Mm-hmm. But if I start over again, they're probably not going to open the new email. Because it's a cold, like, we don't know each other. Okay. This is, like, a cold relationship that's only on email. Okay. So you want them to see. That so, like, vendors me. do that to me sometimes yeah. when they're getting in touch to show how often I've ignored their emails <laughs> in the thread. um or they'll do it to me whereas like you know i helped them on a story like in july where they were like looking for a quote about Mm, like mm -hmm. chicken wings and now they're looking for a quote on like beer and they're like oh maybe one of your clients so they'll just respond they'll just look me up yeah and then you know all of a sudden i'll be in that like chicken wing email chain god the chicken wing email chain is that on this list (laughs) You don't even want to know how many press releases and quotes and figures and facts I've written about chicken wings. I do want to know, actually. It's a lot. Okay. Mistake two. Your email. Oh, but I believe, like, internally I get it. Like, and sometimes you have to yeah, start fresh. Mistake two. Your emails don't have a clear point. Oh, my God. Why send a pointless message? <laughs> and says. some end if they're long. It's like, I don't understand the point of even sending this. Can you express your point aloud in one sentence? If not, then you're simply sending a bunch of ideas organized under a general umbrella and expecting your reader to do the hard work for you. Don't be that person. Yeah. Excuse me. How to fix it. Decide what you want your reader to learn before you hit send. Take what you think is your point and add the words, I believe, to the front of it. If it's not grammatically correct, you probably don't have a real point. Yeah. Ah, that's funny. And then it says, uh, if it passes this test, make sure it appears within your first three sentences and try to close with another way of saying it. Yeah. Those are good ideas. Pointless emails are the worst. Mistake three, skipping a greeting. Mm, People feel differently about this. Yeah, that doesn't really bother me. Um, If I'm like in the middle of a back and forth with someone, I don't think it's necessary. But like maybe like the first email that you start should be like, hey. Yeah, they're saying it creates an instant connection that makes the recipient immediately feel comfortable and welcomed, even if only subconsciously. But I don't even know if my subconscious is thinking about that. Mm. Like, the only time I notice that is if I think I'm getting a rude email and I'm yeah. like looking for context. Yeah. But if it's just like, you know, if someone see just like, tomorrow, like, uh, or confirming for tomorrow, like, you know, like, yeah. I don't need... If someone, like, emails me out of the blue, like, do you have any measurement on that? like whatever that we sent yeah or any results on that whatever and don't and they don't like and i haven't talked to them for a while and they don't include a greeting i do think it's kind of weird yeah that's just like just say like helena did you ever get any yeah insight about that that's a little rude yeah uh mistake four your thanks ring hollow the word thanks on its own won't get you far I mean, I do this all the time. Uh, I know. So how to fix it. Say what you're thanking them for. Always include the why when you show appreciation. Give credit. Include details. The more, the better. Taking the time to be explicit in how you express your appreciation in your emails demonstrates your commitment to the team and helps win their trust. This just seems like so over the top to me. 
Yeah. I mean, I say a lot of hollow thanks, but when I am actually very thankful to someone for doing something, I am, like, specific about it. Yeah, but you can't, like, every time you say no. thanks. Because then it just loses all meaning if I'm, like... Every time I'm just thanking you yeah. so profusely for just, like, yeah. applying to me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> thank you so much for getting back to me. I appreciate how you always acknowledge my deadlines and respond in a timely yeah. manner. It's like... Shut no, up. just write back thanks. <laughs> some people don't even like when you write back thanks. Like, yeah. I do it, but, yeah. like, I know that it bothers some people. Mistake five, too many words. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many emails contain huge blocks of words um, that bury your point, blah, blah, blah. Bullets, bolding. That's <laughs> what they say. Follow three rules. Cut all but the most necessary words. Yes. Especially useless adjectives. Break paragraphs frequently with no more than two, three sentences each. Yes. Use bullets when you have groups of three ideas or more. If I ever get an email that has more than like three sentences in one paragraph, I just like I have to delete it. Like I can't even <laughs> read it. I skip that paragraph if there are simpler ones. I just am like, <laughs> no, that's not what email is anymore. Oh, man. Stop it. Stop it with your mom. Remind me never to send you a love letter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mistake six, grammar and spelling errors. Meh. Duh. Um, I mean, be careful, but I don't get that upset. Yeah, I don't care either. Um, Mistake seven, slams without suggestions. Yeah. I like this rule. It says, a wise former boss of mine instituted a rule for staff meetings, no criticisms without suggestions for correction made an enormous difference in the morale and productivity of our meetings. Um, and this also works in email. So if you're going to give feedback that's, you know, maybe negative or, you know, it has to be constructive, not destructive. You have to yeah. give some suggestions for how to improve immediately after you lay out your critique. Yeah. So you look like a problem solver. You look like a leader. You don't look like a dick. All good things. Yeah. At work and in life. Yep. No slams without suggestions. I felt like they could have had like a catchier thing that like rhymed. No slams without plans. Oh, that would have been good. They got to hire me over here at Fast Company. You just did it too. You slammed them. <gasps> and then I came up with a plan. Hiring you or also just taking that title. Joel Schwartzberg, I'm coming for your job. That's who wrote that. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> it was a, it was my treat. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks for more of this good stuff. This is what happens when I start the outro. Yeah, that's nice. Not, not my job. Remember one time I tried to suggest you start the intro? <laughs> and we like never recorded it. She just like cried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, Drunk Word Nerds, and other places too, doggos. Peace. I think about a lot when we do this podcast you have like a really good imagination <laughs> like you're able to like on the spot make up like the weirdest story like you're a child you know how like kids can just make up stories 
and you're like very childish. You, like, you don't even have to think about it just like nonsense comes out of your mouth but it's like a gift like it's not a bad thing it's like a gift this has been a riveting production